नमस्ते और आप सभी का स्वागत है आज के रात्रिकालीन संस्करण में वेलकम एवरीवन टू दिस थर्सडे 10 पीएम शो दिस इज गोइंग टू बी अ शो इन इंग्लिश देयरफॉर प्लीज स्टे ट्यून एंड वी आर गोइंग टू डिस्कस द यूएस मिड टर्म इलेक्शन एंड वी हैव गॉट आवर ओन रिपब्लिकन कैंडिडेट फॉर लॉन्ग आइलैंड्स न्यूयॉर्क स्टेट असेंबली सीट श्री विभूति झा वेलकम विभूति जी नमस्ते एंड एडवोकेट विजय सरदाना द न्यूज इज दैट इन अ हेविली डेमोक्रेट सीट विभूति जी पुट अप अ वेरी स्ट्रांग फाइट बट अनफॉर्चुनेटली लॉस्ट बाय 700 वोट्स सो दैट्स एज क्लोज एज इट्स गेट्स एंड आई एम क्वाइट श्योर Vibhuti ji would be able to tell us more about it uh, how it happened I will namaste namaste thank you everybody thank you very much and i deeply first of all want to thank everybody for supporting me in a big way wishing me well and i just fell short maybe a catch dropped maybe a run out unwanted run out to ye sports mein sports ki analogy analogy li jaye तो यू नो तो ऐसा होता है कि एनी टीम कैन बीट एनी टीम ऑन एनी गिवन आई आई कैन ऐड इट वाज इट वाज अ लास्ट बॉल फिनिश इट वाजंट इट वाजंट अ 10 विकेट थंपिंग यस इट वाज इट वाज अ लास्ट बॉल फिनिश सो आई पुट अप अ गुड फाइट इन द प्रीडोमिनेंटली ब्लू एरिया डेमोक्रेटिक एरिया एंड लाइक सम पीपल टोल्ड मी दैट यू टर्न्ड ब्लू इनटू पर्पल बट लाल नहीं हो पाया So there are a couple of couple of factors which I wanted to share with the audience and yourselves also. That while all the projections were about a red wave, the red wave didn't happen. Or uh, the main reason for that was some pe- people are not talking about, but large number of women voters came to vote for the abortion issue because they all considered that Supreme Court ruling on Roe versus Wade. making abortion as a state issue rather than a constitutional issue impinged on the women's right to choose or their freedom my body my right that was a big factor and i must compliment democratic party for making it as a successful issue that was one number two factor also was that mr biden gave the freebie of the 10000 to 20000 dollar loan waiver for the student debt and that is being challenged and that is being you know talked about so a lot of young people were supportive of that obvious freebie and uh, you know that also played a role a lot of young people came back and voted and third factor which people will not uh, admit or many people will not admit trump factor also played a role because democratic party tactically they won the won the match because they involved mr trump through the maralago raid the documents and got him involved in the election campaign and unfortunately what happened was that mr trump definitely polarizes votes and lot of democrats who were also unhappy due to core issues of inflation 
security and all these matters, they all said nothing doing, we don't want Trump. So Trump united the Democrats and they came out in large numbers. That's what is important here, that eventually that will be talked about as well. That's what is my immediate take on that. That these three trumped up, actually, pun unintended, trumped up the voting system and what Republicans were hoping to win in big numbers didn't happen. There is another factor also that everybody was saying it was a red wave. And as you remember, during Hillary Clinton's election as well, when the Times, New York Times and others declared that she was a declared winner, 95% people will vote even on the election day. The Democrats got complacent. And there is very likelihood that many independents and Republicans thought Hamari, we are going to win anyway. So they did not turn out to vote. And that's what also is very important. That's my opening part of it. Uh, yes, uh, please uh, also advise us the latest position in the U.S. Congress. Ah, the U.S. Congress ki position here hai ki the position is that today we have, as of now, total number of seats needed to have a majority in the House is 218. Republicans were expecting approximately 240. Uh, they will just get the majority by a few votes. Interestingly enough, in Long Island, there were three winners. Uh, Long Island, three people won, and they turned blue to red. So that is likelihood that Republicans will have a majority in the House. Senate is a toss-up. Senate is still a toss-up because Georgia is going for uh, what do you call a runoff elections? Because Georgia key rules, uh, Georgia rule is is the fact that uh, you know if uh, if there if no part no member gets more than fifty percent vote, then they go for a runoff, and that runoff will happen in in uh, what you call uh, in January. Uh, the one of the uh, shockers was that when Trump endorsed Dr. Oz, uh, lost in Pennsylvania to a person, uh, Fetterman, Mr. Fetterman, who won. Uh, because of the fact that uh, that the, he had tremendous support from the Pennsylvania people and Trump endorsement didn't work. So that is a net gain for Democratic Party because the Republican uh, Party that was holding that seat, that gentleman retired, and this was an open seat. So Dr. Oz's defeat was a setback for Republicans. So there's a very interesting thing on the in the presidential president's party since 1934 to 2018, President's Party gets a drubbing in midterm elections. And on an average, they have lost about 28 seats in the House and four in the Senate. But that's not happening this time. That's what it is. So uh, the Trump factor is still important. That Trump important. unites the opposition. Right. And Trump is still, I think uh, it would be a bad idea to make Trump contest uh, again in 2024. I agree with that. I think uh, Mr. Uh, you know, DeSantis did phenomenally well, phenomenally well in Florida. Miami-Dade County that, that has only once voted for Republican went overwhelmingly. Mr. DeSantis himself won with a resounding margin. The Republican Party has turned a purple into red. Uh, that is a great, great win. And that's why he has established his credentials very, very powerfully 
to be the likely candidate for presidency in 2024. And he is, you know, as a newspaper called him, Trump without a baggage. So, you Trump know, without a baggage. That's yeah. really nice. Yeah. Uh, now so, I, I'll uh, get uh, Vijay Sardaraji uh, into this debate. Uh, Vijayaji, how do you think uh, the world is going to react? We already seen some movement uh, as, as far as the global economy is concerned. How do you think it is going to happen? The rupee is suddenly gained and uh, the cryptos are going down and a lot of other things are happening. How do you think the global market and the general global strategic community is going to react? Uh, first of all, good evening to all the viewers from different parts of the world. Now, uh, it's very interesting. If you look at uh, U.S. elections, we always consider U.S. as one of the most powerful democracy. And uh, we assume that literate voters are voting and they have their own principles, approaches in U.S. elections. But two, two, three important things which are important from an election point of view and which we always criticize India for that. And this time what we can see about U.S. election is something interesting. First of all, this is the most expensive U.S. election in the history of America. $17 billion invested in this election campaigns. And we consider in India that too much money is going into it. So 17 billion for a population of 33.2 crores. So you can think of that per head in Indian rupee, it's about 4,250 around. That much money has gone into election campaign. So if we look at India with the size of 1.4 billion, I think we are not bad when it comes to maintaining and contesting elections. So that is one positive thing which one can look at it that Indian democracy is maturing in which way US democracy is going, we don't know. Second, another factor which uh, Vibhutiji has mentioned is very important is a freebie culture started in America. Now, this is something which is interesting to look at how main elections or presidential election will look at it. But as always, we look at it that economy is the mainstay in American politics. So inflation played a role. Ukraine war played a role other than social aspects, which uh, gun culture, abortion issues and uh, immigration issues. All those issues definitely played a role, as Vibhutiji has already explained. But other important factors are economic factors like inflation, all time high inflation, role of uh, Ukraine war, then a whole lot of spending on America's uh, resources on Ukraine and its impact on the uh, US economy. All those factors played very, very seriously. Now, when it comes to which way the direction will go, definitely Trump factor played a role. And more interestingly, the Trump relation with Russia. Now, this is becoming a very interesting dimension, which uh, I think in coming days, you will see that American newspapers and analysts will look at that factor. And if Republican comes into you know majority, and then the next election of presidential election, role of Russia, all those things are becoming a little tricky for American voters. So all those things definitely were on the back of mind of American voters. 
because we have to also look at uh, sanjay ji that youth in america connected with social media is having a different stand than a traditional voters and that is why you will find that this time it was not a red wave which was anticipated based on historical trends it means the youth of america is thinking independently of the past examples so that is one way to look at it all these factors are definitely going to impact the us foreign policy and that is why when you see the global reaction to it that indian rupee strengthening other economic dimensions will have what is going to be more important now onwards is how america is going to take a ukraine russia war in coming days because that will be a turning point for global economy and global politics if you see that growing protest in germany against the war because now local people in germany are raising voice that why we are wasting energy or going for a high cost energy if we can stop the war why we are fueling the war why not we go for negotiation and stop this nonsense so this is what will emerge and its reflection if it is becoming important in europe definitely america cannot remain isolated or continue to fund ukraine without the support of europe so i think lot many things will happen maybe president biden was little defensive because he was hopeful or anticipating red wave so he wanted to contain some of that damages which thankfully because of various factors that wave is not there maybe psychologically and morally this will strengthen biden to take some logical steps to contain the damages due to ukraine war to global economy so i think my my guesswork is that youth of america is going to decide in coming days how the us politics will take shape on the other side serious damaging impact of ukraine war on american politics and also american society is becoming a serious matter and hopefully in coming days my hope is that maybe in by new year or so we will see some important development on ukraine war post this election and that will have a serious implication in fact positive implication on global economy so that is what i will look at it overview of uh, the outcome of uh, us uh, election this time do you agree vibhuti ji uh, the, the remember one thing uh, the youth will always play a big role because the demography works you know just like in india you know we always talk about the demographic dividend uh, but their engagement in the political process is key by and large the youth doesn't care for the political element so long as they are comfortable in their own domain but what is happening right now is because of the social media the issues that have come up the student loan waiver the abortion issue the young people are getting engaged so republican party will have to pay attention to those details because that's critical because you cannot ignore if you are talking about protecting the future of the country youth become the future of the of the country everywhere in the world like i always say that one of the things the prime minister modi needs to bear in mind is that demographic dividend doesn't turn into a demographic burden so that is the core philosophy that must work and if the united states politicians are always given to saying that we are doing this for the future for our children and grandchildren 
then you have to definitely demonstrate the political clout, the issue-based uh, narrative making, and telling the truth. What is, what is important is that in politicking and politics, by and large, truth becomes a victim. And the political correctness comes into play that you shouldn't say this, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't be like this. In the process, truth becomes a victim. So going forward, people, journalists like you and I and the people who come on our panels, we have to also remember that how do we mention the truth correctly? And how does the, the truth not become a victim, but becomes the fulcrum of the debate and dialogue? Because unless and until we address the core issues the truthfully, we can't find solutions to the problem. And the US itself for that matter, you know, I have been here since 1991 and I have been hearing comprehensive immigration reform, a war on terror, war on drug, and so many issues remain unresolved. So, you know, as I, you know, Vijayji was talking about American foreign policy and one of my famous satirists, PJ O'Rourke had once said that America will forever have a tough time coming up with a comprehensive immigration policy or a foreign policy because every American is a goddamn foreigner. <laughs> so how do you address that issue becomes very important. So that's what is critical for American politicians to know that technology has really flattened the ground in more ways than one. You can't hide anymore. And, you know, we can, we can know, I mean, with the help of our little iPhone and iPad and uh, smartphones, we can know the temperature or traffic conditions in a street in Ulaanbaatar for that matter. So when the information becomes a commodity like this, how are we going to use that becomes very important. And I totally agree that the Republican Party will have to do that. And I also tell you, must tell you one thing, is that in my interaction with the party forums, I have seen significant amount of youth are getting involved. And I received tremendous support from the youth in my constituency in a very powerful way. So I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm an incorrigible optimist. And I believe that eventually, as we say in our own, uh, in our cultural thing, Satyamev Jayate, truth will triumph. And it must. Um, uh, I would request all my viewers to please uh, like this video and uh, also later on you can share this video around and subscribe to the channel also all those who are here for the first time please do that and those who haven't subscribed please do subscribe also there is a new feature that's available to you you can join the viewers can join our whatsapp group for the latest updates and the group link is available in the description the support links are also available in the description uh, just a follow-up question Vibhuti ji yeah how do you think uh, the biden administration is going to cope if uh, the house control is lost because uh, they have been targeting and they have been getting away with a lot of uh, uh, fantastic spendings due to their control over the house because house controls the first strings. If that goes away, then what happens? Well, this that won't be the first time that the presidency and the house or the Senate are divided. 
interestingly enough, many a times, you know, for example, abortion coding. This is a very interesting point that people have not talked about. That Democratic Party under Obama administration had the opportunity to codify the abortion laws completely, but they didn't. And as a result of which, many a times, even, even Mr. Trump was president, there was Paul Ryan was the leader of the House, and the Senate was all in control of Republicans. But Paul Ryan did not release the funds for the wall, and he let it go to the next administration, next Congress, and they did not give any penny to Trump for the wall. So this is not the first time it will happen. There is always a you know, greater good that I admire about America is that eventually for the benefit of the country, parties do not do, do come to a conclusion to we cannot do anything to hurt. But at the moment, the divide between right and left, Democrats and Republicans is so wide. The trust deficit is so rampant that nobody trusts anybody anymore. And I have said this earlier in one of the programs I had said that the divide between the Republicans and Democrats is so wide, it's virtually unfillable. And as a result of which both of them have become very extreme in pushing their own agenda. And you and I know, and the whole world knows that extremities do not drive anybody to a solution. It makes you even more extreme. And that's the important part for the entire uh, country to realize, yes, Mr. Biden will have problems because that's how the classic definition of lame duck president is, that if you do not have the House, then legislative efforts get defeated. Budgetary effects do not happen. So it will be a tough one for Mr. Biden to go forward. I, I am I'm 100% sure. With the House being in Republican, there will be an element of check and balance. Uh, so on issues with the great divide on issues, it will not be an easy time for 2024, and you will see the shrill voices of divisiveness will gain even more prominence in the whole process. So it is, it is, it is, it will be tough. Mr. Biden will be a lame duck. Senate will never get through the filibuster rule, and uh, you know, so there will be, uh, there will be a tough time leading leading up to 2024. Can you explain the filibuster rule? Filibuster rule is something very simple uh, in the U.S. system. It's not a law. It is a convention and a practice that for major changes in the Constitution or legislation to pass, for example, Supreme Court judges, for example, they say that you have to have 60 vote people voting to make a, a Supreme Court nomination. Now, Harry Reid, when he had the majority in the Senate, they changed that rule. They said even a simple majority will work. And I remember at that time, Mitch McConnell had reminded Mr. Harry Reid that do not think that this particular majority will hold for this particular rule will only benefit you. Wait for us to take over. And that's exactly what happened. That, uh, you know, when, the, when Mr. Trump was the president, he was able to nominate so many people to Supreme Court with simple majority. In, in, in the otherwise conventional scenario, they would have needed 60 votes to now confirm any appointment. So now what they are trying to do is to do away with the filibuster rule altogether. 60 votes not required, even simple majority will work. And that's the point which is the Democratic Party were very keen to do that. But by and large, people want to retain the filibuster rule because otherwise anybody is in majority and they can begin to do anything they want. 
And I think majority of the people are not interested in that kind of a blanket permit to do things in a manner that anyone wanted to do. Okay. Um, back to Vijayji. Before that, uh, I request people who are watching to please ask your questions. The midterm elections are very interesting. They have the potential to actually affect the world at large, uh, especially because of the Ukraine war that is going on. And uh, my question is directly related to the Ukraine war. Do you see a significant diminution in the capacity of Biden to fund the Ukraine war, Vijayji? I think this post-election, one of the biggest challenge for uh, Biden administration is uh, foreign affairs. Because domestic issues are easy to resolve. They are basically either legislative issues, whether it is uh, abortion issue, gun control issue, immigration issues. They are more or less is a legislative issues where nothing much to do except creating a political consensus to take a call. But bigger issue where economy is involved, policies are involved, politics is involved, consensus are involved, that is international affairs. And America has to play an active role if they want to retain their power with their position as a global power. They cannot leave that space. So it becomes a bigger challenge for them. My concern is that the way Ukraine war is uh, you know, going on, now we have seen uh, the developments in China. The leadership is continuing. Aggression in uh, you know South China Sea, Japan, North Korea. Again, that area is becoming volatile. The bigger threat or challenge or concern for Biden administration is growing discontent and inflation or collapsing economies of Europe. Because if that happens, then moral support and financial support which comes from European Union to America for international forums or for international operations, or I will say campaigns, whether it was in Middle East or now China and other places, then the whole burden will be borne by the Biden administration. Imagine a situation if Ukraine war continues. On the other side, deindustrialization de of Europe has started. Inflation is becoming really worse. Now winter is there. Let's see what happens in coming next eight weeks. If this is the way Europe is going on, they will not have funds to fund further Ukraine war. The whole burden will come to US. How long US wants to continue? Plus their own inflation, sagging economy. And if China improves the conflicting zone activities in you know, uh, Taiwan and uh, Japan and North Korea, then this is like two front war for America. And then now Iran is getting activated with Russia, with supplying drone and other things to how to contain that. So my concern is that for Biden administration, the global affairs are going to take a lot more time and energy and resources to retain the global leadership or position of America on a global platform. This is becoming really challenging for them. Now, considering the immediate threat which is there, Ukraine war and its impact on Europe. And I think the way things are changing in Europe, how long European citizens will continue to live in hostile condition or I will say uncomfortable condition at a very, very high cost of power supply, high cost of food means high inflation, less on employment, less on quality of life, 
how long they will continue and we have seen the changes happening in italy we have seen the way things are changing in spain we have seen the developments in uk i think many more things will likely to happen so considering all those things i think it is really tough for biden administration to carry on in the same manner for next 2 years then we have to be very very careful its implications and now on the other side g20 development let us see how india is going to play an active role in the global politics so all those my concern is that more than domestic i think the biden administration has to address the us supremacy in the international affairs with more proactive approach but that will create additional financial burden on us administration how this is going to impact next two years will define the presidential election in america after two years so i think next two years are going to be very critical for american politics and foreign affairs definitely ukraine and its impact on europe is going to reorient the relationship between europe and america and how it is going to span out i think that will be interesting to see but my concern is that middle east will with the iran getting activated israel getting activated syria is still not resolved you know uh, turkey is again getting activated i think world is going to be a little bit more messier in the coming at least 6 to 9 uh, months or 1 year but after that once people cool down when uh, europe will ultimately decide how long they want to fund or support ukraine war i think all depends upon how america is going to support means europe and how europe is going to sustain or support ukraine war i think this triangle we have to watch very very carefully and we will see the leadership of uh, president biden in coming days all right vibhuti ji let's discuss the future prospects of the two parties as far as the 2024 elections are concerned Uh, where do you see the democratic nominations going and where do you see the republican nominations going are you referring to the presidential politics of 2024 right. yeah absolutely I mean... and just <laughs> another question uh, what happened in the new york state assembly overall a new york state uh, senate we have done well some results are yet to come uh, governor lost the zeldin lost uh he just today only he just announced his uh, conceding the race and it was very interesting nobody was giving mr zelvin any chance to win because in the primary elections think about the numbers the number of registered democrats over 5 million voted for kathy hoku in the primaries for her to be the party candidate total number of votes uh, for mr zelvin was 1.7 million so you can see the great divide that was there between the two candidates registration and people who voted for them but in the final election it's a 300000 vote margin so new york state has not had a governor's uh, republican rule in the last 20 years so people are now realizing safety and security was the big issue in new york it's a, new york is a is a very interesting case it is a very prosperous state Manhattan itself New York City itself has the largest number of millionaires and billionaires in the country in 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 Manhattan probably in But, the world probably in the world yet they vote democrat my own place where i live in sands point in port washington 
is full of wealthy people, but they are all part of the democratic setup. The reason is rather support the winning team than become victim of their uh, you know scenarios. So people are willy-nilly voting for Democrats. At least I'm on the winning side of the ticket. So going forward, what is going to happen in the assembly? They had a super majority out of uh, the Democrats had 100 more than 140 seats there. So they had a super majority. New York is a very interesting case because the Democrats cannot blame Republican for the mess that this state has gotten into. Many people do not know this. New York budget is almost twice the size of Florida budget. So they have been pandering the freebie culture in New York, the lawlessness, the crime bill, cashless bail system. That's people are not liking it anymore. So New York State has experienced exodus in last two years, the highest in the country. And uh, they have all gone to Florida. So the question is very important for New Yorkers to know that people who are leaving New York area, they are the job creators, taxpayers. That will be a loss of revenue. So the budget tightening is the key issue uh, for you know, New York as well as America. Because in, in the American thing, as uh, Vijayji was mentioning earlier on, that the freebie culture and the fact that the United States will have to worry about the Ukraine war and the growing deficits, you are giving billions of dollars worth of weapons to Ukraine, and it is almost twice the size of Ukraine GDP. So where are they going to pay from? So there are many issues which have come to the fore. And as the saying goes, the technology brings information far greater with far greater speed than otherwise. So America as a whole will have to know that we cannot afford to be printing notes to tide over our budgetary problems. Because at the end of the day, if we had the debt to income ratio that United States has, nobody will give us a credit card either. So U.S. is able to do that because of the ability to print notes. Somewhere along the line, that debt-to-income ratio, the debt-service ratio has is going out of control in the U.S., and that budgetary tightening will be required. And that's what Republicans are focused on. That's why earlier I said, how soon will the American people be willing to face the crisis head-on is the key issue, and how the Republican Party is able to make that narrative thus far, this far, and no further. Otherwise, it's going to hurt us because everybody talks about the future. And future is that peril for America. God forbid if the many different currency mechanisms come around the world with the help of technology, how long the dollar supremacy will continue is also another question. Whether the United States can continue with the regime of sanctions. So, you know, like Mr. Obama had said, American, he had, he had the, attacked American exceptionalism. But in my humble opinion, whether you agree with ex American ex exceptionalism or not, America still remains a remarkably uh, re exceptional country. That fact I definitely acknowledge and I believe in. That all said and done, America remains an exceptional country. Whether you believe in American exceptionalism or not is a different matter. So I think America will have to pay attention to what is happening in the globe, because we are living in a remarkably interconnected world today. And, you know, impact and implication of the policy decisions hits home as far as hard as it does any other country. Okay, so actually, 
my main question of course was uh, how do you view the presidential race in 2024 okay Quickly on that, quickly on that, I, although Mr. Biden has said that he will contest the election, my guess, my impression is... Oh, that's wonderful. What, what, what a, a wonderful country America would be. By the time, he, right now at least, he can walk and then he'll be in wheelchair, I think. That's right. So even Franklin even Roosevelt before, was the last one, I think, who was in wheelchair. Oh, I think Roosevelt or somebody, yeah. Yeah, Franklin yeah. Roosevelt. Franklin, yeah. yeah. But the one thing is important here, Mr. Biden, though he tells that he will contest, his own party is not interested. Many, many senior people, many uh, you know, youngsters, they are saying that they didn't even invite Mr. Biden to campaign. That's another part. So the Democratic Party has a challenge. How and who will come up? So odds are that uh, the California governor, Gavin Newsom, or uh, Kamala Harris as vice president, or Pete Buttigieg, uh, these people will emerge from the Republican side. The odds are greater for uh, DeSantis to come from Florida. Is, is there a precedent of a sitting president not getting renominated? I do not remember that. Sitting presidents generally voluntarily withdraw, uh, but they do not. Uh, the age is a big factor here, South. So, uh, you know, I, I'm reminded of the fact that when in 2014, for courtesy and seniority reasons, people were saying, let Mr. Adwani continue. But think about it. If Mr. Adwani had continued as a prime ministerial candidate, BJP would not have come to power. Oh, that, I think we would have had the great fortune of having Rahul Gandhi as our prime exactly. minister. Exactly. So, so eventually age matters. And Mr. Biden has not done any favor to aged people. Let me put it that way. <laughs> so age will matter. It matters all the time. Yeah. So. Okay. And uh, Republican nominations? You think I think Trump Mr. DeSantis has the lead, has the lead, will be a favorite. Uh, last election, you know, there is a, a Mr. from Texas, uh, Ted Cruz was a candidate. Uh, then uh, Marco Rubio from Florida again. But I have a feeling, I have a feeling that people will rally around DeSantis given the fact that he has done exceptionally well. In these in the in these midterms, it will be very difficult for anybody to fight against him. But I feel that uh, DeSantis will be the uh, with the will be running the favorite. And Trump will throw his hat into the ring. I hope not. My personal hope is that uh, I hope Mr. Trump is wise enough to recognize this element that he's a very divisive character. His words. Uh, he has become, I mean, whether, whether how he will turn around his own image is a very important thing for him. But uh, he remains a divisive factor and he unites the Democrats. You need moderate and independent votes. So, you know, Mr. Trump will have to take the decision himself. But I think he may not make it. He may not make it. Okay. And uh, follow up to Vijayji. If that is the scenario... DeSantis versus California governor, what's his name? Newsom. Gavin Newsom. So if if, if it happens uh, this way, then uh, how do you think uh, the world is going to react? 
See, it doesn't matter what how the world is going to react. What is important, uh, Sanjay ji, is the how the youth of America. I'll tell you why why it is important because uh, just on the hint of uh, Biden losing control of the house, though it hasn't yet happened, the Indian rupee has gone up by two rupees, and no, that's the, a... the, the dollar index has dropped down. I, I see that is an economic fallout. I agree with that. But when it comes to politics of America, another see, thing that will happen, another thing that is going to happen is that when they, if there is a Republican uh, administration, then they will not continue with this uh, stupid ban on uh, uh, fracking. That is actually complicating the world supplies, world oil supply. So that's what, that's what I'm saying. Sanjay you see, the, ultimately, what is important, whoever is going to be there, that's what I'm saying. The next two years are very crucial, both for American economy, European economy, and the overall implication of both on global economy. Because today, this is becoming a big challenge. Now, this economic impact, the first hit comes to the youth. Either it's employment. Even if they are early in career, the income is not very high, but inflation is very high. That reduces their quality of life. So next two years, what my concern is that how American youth are going to take up all these economic challenges and how they are going to react to it. So that is what we have to look at very, very carefully. Now, out of the two candidates you, you mentioned, who is able to read this signal and able to offer an approach which is good for America and good for world will have a positive approach towards the youth of America or I'll say support from youth of America. This is what equation which is likely to emerge. Now, it is also becoming very clear from this election that it is not only the male member of the society, but women are equally active now. So considering both, and both are facing economic hardships. Abortion, women definitely are more vocal. But when it comes to economy, both are equally impacted. Now, that is what we have to look at it. The growing economical challenges within America, its impact on employment opportunities in America, its impact on quality of life within America, its whole impact on purchasing power, and if this economic distortion continues the way it is happening in Ukraine, my concern is that this will further weaken one of the biggest ally of America, that is Europe. If that happens, then American citizens or the people have to look at how to build bridges with either Asian countries or Middle East or Latin America or Chinese again. This will be a new world order, new way of working for even American corporates and American managers and other business opportunities. So far, they were considering all these parts of the world as a developing economy means we are superior, you are inferior. Now, for future, they have to deal with these economies because at par economy, which was Europe, is no more there or not as effective or influential as it was before Ukraine war or before COVID. So I think there is a going to be a big tectonic shift the way American youth will think. That is my reading when I look at the developments which are taking place in global economy and the way it is impacting both Europe and America. So biggest Trump card now 
is not with Mr. Trump, but it is youth of America. So that is one way have to look at it. Second area which we have to look at is the global diplomacy or the politics. Now, let me put it other way around also, because this is going to be a little crucial. Now, there is one year difference between election in India, election in America. If I say we are just about to close 2022. So 23 and then elections are in 24. Both sides. India will have elections. America will have elections. My interesting area to look at is how India is going to manage G20 means global diplomatic forums. How India is going to play, how America is going to react. If both can develop a good partnership in G20 and steer the economy out of all the crisis which is there today, both leaderships will gain. India will gain, America will gain. But if there is not going to be a good big coordination or good coordination between India and US in G20, then there is going to be implications. Maybe India will retain its own game plan, but there can be a negative impact on the ruling party of America today. So considering economic implications, strategic implications, foreign policy, growing deficit, growing inflation, I think bigger challenges with the or one has to face is that is American leadership. And I think that will have a very, very serious implication. And these two candidates, those who are likely to contest for the presidential, how they will read these signals and what solution they are going to project to the American people, especially youth, that will decide who will take the lead and who will come to the power. That That is my reading from all the crisis which is going around. Go to the go to the audience questions. Yeah, uh, I just again. wanted to add to what Vijayji said. One quickly okay. thing, quick thing about our G20 leadership and for India and the 2024. <clears throat> I believe uh, both the countries are going for their massive big elections, president and prime minister in, in India, and I think UK also is going to be a 2024 election because of 2019 they had, and Mr. Rishi Sunak has just stepped in there, so without election. So those three countries. Three prominent democracies will face significant election part of it. But important part was that I read a statement made by Mr. Ned Price. And this relates to the part of U.S. cooperation that after the India's foreign minister, Jashankar, hailed Russia for being India's exceptionally steady and time-tested partner, U.S. State Department spokesperson Ned Price admitted that United States failed to be India's partner when it needed so there is a grower, growing recognition happening about India's needs. And India is a prominent country, has established itself as a major geopolitical factor. Odds are that India will be the chief negotiator for peace between for Ukraine and Russia. And I think both of them will be happy to travel to India to have the joint meeting for that. And remember one thing, the one, one key geopolitical shift I visualize, and I think it ought to be spoken about that NATO is the only military alliance in the world. Only military alliance in the world. Nowhere else do we have a military alliance in Asia or anywhere. Does the world need a military alliance in this 21st century? That's a key question to be asked because this becomes a club sort of atmosphere. It's a geopolitical challenge. As a journalist, we are asking do you need NATO in this world today? 
And that's where the problem arises. Europe can't survive. The Western Europe cannot survive without American help. After all, it was a U.S. Marshall Plan that lifted America, Europe from the vagaries of the Second World War. That's what is important for the world to realize. And I think Prime Minister Modi has established himself very well. People like him or don't, that doesn't matter. And there is an alternate leadership arising everywhere else. Gavin Newsom has is another blue state, California. They have ruined that state. People are fleeing California because they don't like the place anymore. With 14% of state taxes, California itself is in a mess. So the Republican Party needs to highlight that, that how the two democratic uh, two Democrat-run states, New York and California, are in a huge mess, budgetary, financially, socially, drug use. These are matters for the Republican Party to highlight to the world and the Americans that these two candidates, these two leadership must owe responsibility to the country as a whole, not to themselves as a Californian. Yeah, that's what is important to know. Thank you. Right. So we move to the questions straight away.